I've waited for this moment for 51 years, nine months, and four days. That is how long I have loved you. Those were the words of Florentino Arisa to the one true love of his life, Fermina Dasa. Theirs was a Romeo and Juliet affair to begin with. Tino was young and handsome, a bit awkward, a hopeless romantic, but he was only a telegraph boy who never knew his father. He had no real prospects for the future and was caught in the brutal colonialism of Colombia in the late 1800s, a setting that made our own Wild West of the time look tame by comparison. Fermina was the only daughter of a wealthy Spaniard, a hard man, a man consumed with status and clout and ensuring that his daughter marry well and rise to the peak of society. He would have no part in seeing Fermina risk her standing in society by giving herself to a telegraph boy. So the couple shares secret love letters, smuggled secretly past Fermina's father's suspicious eyes. But when he discovers that their affair has continued behind his back in rage, he threatens Tino's life. And then he takes his daughter to the country plantation for a year to separate the two. He then obligates her to marry a prestigious physician, telling Fermina, love is an illusion. His scheme works. Tearing the lovers apart, Fermina marries the doctor, has a family, goes on to become the kind of respectable, well-connected woman her father always dreamed that she would be. She chooses safety over love. And often she repeats that line of her father's to others. Love is an illusion. For she gave up on the one true love of her life. Meanwhile, Portino, the telegraph boy, he is destroyed by the rejection, utterly destroyed. He grieves to the point of sickness. He wastes away. He develops an opium addiction but finally finds comfort in the arms of another woman. And then another, and then another, and then another, and another. And like a modern-day Wilt Chamberlain, he keeps a diary. Over the next 50 years of every woman that he is with, but confesses all along that he never finds love along the way. Never marries. Not for the lack of trying. Fermina, her husband dies five decades later, this prestigious doctor, and Tino shows up at her home on the day that she buries him. And, she, and he says to her, I have waited for this moment for 51 years, nine months, and four days. That is how long I have loved you. This story is the plot line of a book and a film by Gabito Marquez. It is entitled, if we have the slide in Spanish there, Love in the Time of Cholera. Love in the Time of Cholera. A hundred years ago, a great disease swept this globe, the Spanish flu. 
It killed tens of millions of people as World War I was coming to a close and many people thought it was the apocalypse, the very end of the world. My grandmother was a child at the time and her mother, my great-grandmother, and her mother, my great-great-grandmother, were both killed by the Spanish flu. Months apart. Take a walk today through Hatcher Cemetery in Freeport or one of the old burial plots here in Walton County and note the dates, 1918. 1919, 1920, these are all flu deaths. And survivors of that period write of how the most healthy in the family would be sent to town to get the mail only once every couple of weeks, wearing a bandana around their faces and told to stay clear of anyone you might see because they could have the plague. 200 years ago, a second disease, the one shaping the context of Marquez's book, a worldwide cholera outbreak. Cholera is an intestinal infection originating from bad water, contaminated food, beginning in 1817. And extending in multiple outbreaks for the next 80 years, cholera would kill tens of thousands of people around the world. And it became a way of life, living with this disease, taking precautions, adjusting one's lifestyle, taking care of one another, holding on to love and loving others in the time of cholera. Gabito's book, though overly sentimental, is an exploration of these questions. Can love survive chaos? Can love endure betrayal? Decades of separation, the damage done by looking for love in all the wrong places. Can we find the courage to hold on to love, to choose love instead of what is convenient and safe? My, how history does repeat itself. But repeating or not, we today have never seen anything like what is happening in the world today. And I pray we never see it again. It's been a century since anything like this has occurred. And then there was not the kind of interconnectedness the world has today. Travel was hard and it took a great deal of time. Social circle, circles were smaller and more limited. No one lived in a beachside community where four million visitors were scheduled to arrive from points all over the globe. But the questions still remain. Can love survive chaos? Can love endure? Can we find the courage to hold to love, to choose love instead of what is convenient and what is safe? That is always the question. And Gabito intended as much in the time of cholera and in the time of COVID-19. I am not a physician or a health professional. You should listen to yours and do what he or she says. I'm not a scientist. You should listen to what they say. Hard science, not conjecture, not rumor or wishful thinking about what is needed. I am not a politician, thanks be to God. I can't recommend that you listen to any of them. I'm not a Wall Street broker. I have no idea what they are advising these days except to treat your investment like your face. Don't touch it. I'm none of those things. I'm just a guy that tells stories and sings songs. 
But like Woody Guthrie, let me be known as just the man that told you something you already knew. And what do we know? In the face of uncertainty, in the face of genuine suffering, in the face of chaos, unprecedented adjustment, the church is still called to love, to act as a good neighbor, to serve, to not retreat. The time of crisis calls for faith, not fear. Helping, not hoarding. Perseverance, not panic. Love and courage, not retreat and self-protection. When it is the darkest, we have to be the ones to shine the light. We that already have the light within us. Paul's words, words read for our encouragement today and is not reading because I've breathed all over this microphone. From 2 Corinthians. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made the light to shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. And then he describes his world. It could be ours. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. This light, this glory of Christ, this life of Jesus is the stuff within us. And it might be bad what goes on on the outside. It might be bad what happens to our bodies. But this is an activating ingredient. When the pressure is put on, like squeezing a sponge, whatever is on the inside is going to come out. And you're going to see that in these days to come. When the pressure is on, whatever is already within you, will show itself. If we are made of the right stuff, as Paul says it's possible to be, then we will never shine brighter, we will never be more ready, never be more capable than when times get rough. That is the task of the church in these days. To love in the time of coronavirus. How do we do that? Well, that's a very good question. It's such a good question that I've rewritten this sermon three times this week. I'll share with you a lot of what was shared in a letter that was sent out late last night and posted this morning. After today, there will be no gatherings here at Simple Faith through at least April 4th. This applies to Bible studies, prayer groups, yoga classes, worship gatherings, 
as the state health department has made such a recommendation and our local school district is following that same directive we will follow as well the building will be sanitized during this period and if you are one who feels that this is an overreaction or unnecessary i want to talk to you right now consider that our community will have hundreds of thousands of visitors for spring break over the next couple of weeks even with the outbreak from all over the world and if you think COVID-9 isn't here, it already is. Also be mindful of the aged and the vulnerable in our congregation. Herschel York says this, I do not fear catching the coronavirus one bit. I'll survive or not. But I do not want my sense of bravado or invincibility to hurt anyone else. That is the epitome of arrogance and selfishness. Two, we are committed to staying connected and in service to one another. If you are not on our email list, contact Garrett McHugh. We have a slide for this as well. Garrett can be reached at that number and at that email. My number and email is listed as well. If you want text updates, please just text SIMPLE to 84576. It's appropriate now to take your camera and take a picture of the wall. That's fine. Garrett will also be the point person on compiling a list of people in need. Now, I'm going to be very frank. If you live at the beach and this is your second house or third house, I'm not really worried about you as much as I am about the scores of people who come to this church who wait tables, who rely upon tourism, about whether or not they will eat, and if you find yourself pushed against the wall financially, you have to reach out and get on this list. It'll be confidential. I'm not saying we can help everybody, but we will let go of every penny we have if necessary. We have never hoarded our resources, and we're not about to start now in the sense of self-preservation. We will let everything go if necessary during this time. Three, we will be actively supporting those who are serving public health. This applies to Sacred Heart Hospital and particularly the Point Washington Medical Clinic. Much of their work is directed toward the uninsured, toward the poor, and these least of these are the ones who could potentially suffer the most and we'll be figuring out the best way to help them. Four, the Sunday morning service will be broadcast via YouTube and other social media sites at noon on Sunday, March 22nd and Sunday, March 29th. With the help of Bobby Rains and Garrett and a couple others with technological savvy, you will be able to tune in from home. So, <laughs> thank you, Tanya. Was that Tanya? So, you got it. So, please follow our Facebook feed or check the Simple Faith website regularly for updates. Have you got a slide, Garrett, to that effect? Somewhere? I saw it. You had played with one earlier today. If you don't, that's fine. There it is. So check both YouTube and Facebook. We will keep you up to date on those things. Fifth, make your own list. And this is what I mean. Mentally, on a scrap of paper, in the notes app of your phone, it's all appropriate. List five. List 10, list a dozen people that you will check on. 
why aren't you getting your pen, pencils and paper out right now? Do it mentally in your mind. Make a note. Check on them regularly in the days ahead. Text them. Run errands for them. Deliver their groceries. If you're sick, stay away from them. Protect them. Love them. In the face of uncertainty, genuine suffering, chaos, unprecedented adjustment, the church is still called to love, to act as good neighbors, to serve, not to retreat. Repeating myself, the time of crisis calls for faith, not fear, helping, not hoarding, perseverance, not panic, love and courage, not retreat and self-protection. When it is darkest, we have to be the ones to shine the light, the light that is already within us. That was Gabito Marquez's conclusion. In that book and movie, Love in the Time of Cholera, Tino, Tino shows up at, at Fermina's as she has buried her husband. And he repeats those lines, I've waited for this moment 51 years, 9 months, and 4 days. That is how long I have loved you. Do you know how Fermina reacted? Enraged. How dare you show up on the day that I bury my husband. Tino just kept coming back, telling her that he loved her. What she was really enraged about is that she had spurned the one true great love of her life. But in the end, because we like fairy tale endings, they have a life together. Well into their 70s, aged, all their youth expended, all their idealism exhausted, and yet they return to one another to spend those last few years together. And Tino tells her this as the music rises and the screen fades to black and the credits roll. Think of love as a state of grace, not the means to anything, but the end unto itself. For it is love and life, not death, that has no limits. For it is love and life, not death, that has no limits. I anticipate that this disruption will be much longer than two weeks. And the impact will be far-reaching in a way that exceeds anything anyone on this planet has ever witnessed. And even after the virus wanes and normalcy returns, the economic and communal fallout, the recovery is going to take a very long time. But we will walk through it together in a state of grace. So wash your hands. Don't touch your face or your investments. Stay at home when you can. Take care of your neighbors. Resist fear and panic. You probably already have enough toilet paper. And remember that it is love and life, not death, that has no limits. This is a portion of the great litany from the Book of Common Prayer. And when I was reading it this week, it sounds so appropriate for a blessing on all of us and a prayer to God for us. Thanks, Fish. Is it important? Okay, okay. 
the great litany. O God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, O God the Son, redeemer of the world, O God the Holy Spirit, keeper of the faithful, have mercy upon us, preserve us all from evil and wickedness, from sin, from the crafts and the assaults of the evil one, from all blindness of heart, from pride, vainglory, and hypocrisy, from envy, hatred, and malice, and from the lack of love. Good Lord, deliver us from lightning and tempest, from earthquake, fire, and flood, from plague, pestilence, and famine. Good Lord, deliver us from all oppression, conspiracy, and rebellion, from violence, murder, and from dying suddenly, unprepared. Good Lord, deliver us in all time of tribulation, in time of prosperity, in the hour of our death, in the day of reckoning. Good Lord, deliver us. We beseech you, O Lord, to rule the hearts of thy servants, to guide all who are in authority, that they may do justice and love mercy and walk in the ways of truth. Show your pity upon all prisoners and captives, the homeless and the hungry, all who are desolate and oppressed. Preserve all who are in danger by reason of their work or their travel. Provide for all young children and orphans, the widowed and all whose homes are broken or torn by strife. Abide with all who suffer in mind, body, and spirit. And comfort with thy presence those who are failing, aged, and infirm. Strengthen those who stand. Comfort and help the weak-hearted. Raise up those who fall and beat down evil beneath our feet. We beseech thee, O God, to hear us. And as Jesus has taught us to pray, we pray boldly. Our Father. As you leave this place today, remember specifically a few folks. Please pray for Nick. He's not here today by intention. He's had a severe MS outbreak the last couple weeks, and we insisted that he not be here in public. He's a hard case to manage, hard case to manage. Pray that he takes care of himself. Sarah was in Nashville last week and uh, is having to self-quarantine because of possible exposure with some other musicians. Pray for her and uh, CE. One of our, he calls himself a desert rat, has returned home to Arizona and is very ill with uh, respiratory issues and to the point of possibly even hospice being involved just in these last few days. So these are those among us and we love them and we pray for them this day. Offering plates are at the doors. We won't be passing those today. Final benediction. My friends. Life is short, and we haven't much time to gladden the hearts of those who travel with us. 
So let us be quick to love and make haste to be kind. And the Christ who made us, who abides with us and travels with us, give us his peace today and all the days that we are granted. In Christ we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.